City United Methodist Church, it is good to be with you on this uh, weekend uh, of celebration that we have within the United States where it is the Independence Day weekend and 4th of July is coming up on Tuesday where we will celebrate as a country our independence. But today we come to worship our Lord and Savior who we are fully dependent upon. So I want you to be thinking about that today as we wrestle with this idea of being disciples And we are the ones that are being sent out into the world. And we understand the world as being all of the world. So we need to be knowing that as disciples, we are here to love everyone that is within our path, within our reach. So we are here to celebrate. We are here because of Jesus Christ. And it is here that we worship together. Turn to your announcements, if you will. There are just a few announcements, just a reminder for next Sunday, we will be having our uh, collection of coins on Mission Sunday, Uh, and as we are getting closer and closer to VBS, we want you to be connected as much as possible to that ministry. Uh, There are some positions that need filled, if you want to be a part of that, and uh, during that week, make sure you see Joyce or Betsy so that uh, they can connect you the way that uh, is needed. Also coming up at the end of July will be our Shoe for the Shoeless. And again, we want you to participate. Uh, So take a look at the announcement and understand how you can be involved uh, with being a blessing to our community. On Sunday mornings, we need your assistance as well. We have uh, greeters that we need. Uh, You can sign up for that. There's just a a tablet out in the narthex as well as for our altar flowers. There's a sign-up that's up on the wall over on the bulletin board. Uh, If that's something that you would like to help provide, so our time together is one that uh, is welcoming, but also beautiful, uh, please participate in that. And with that, let's prepare ourselves for worship as we uh, bring in the prelude.
morning. Please stand as you're able for our call to worship, printed in your bulletin. Something new is stirring in our church, O Lord. Help us to hear and see your new work in us. Make us ready to receive what you have for us. Open our hearts and renew our spirits. Let us be the voice of welcome, the spirit of joy. Let us be those who bring the life-giving waters to others. Amen. And if you'd please remain standing for our opening hymn, God Whose Love is Reigning O'er Us, uh, number 100 in your United Methodist hymnal, we'll be singing verses 1, 3, 4, and 5. Thank you. You may be seated. Please join with me in our opening prayer. Gracious God of mercy, we thank you for your presence with us as we gather in this community to share our faith. We open our hearts to the future of this church. We ask that you make us a blessing. Prepare us to serve and celebrate the ministries you place before us. Giver of everlasting life, fill us again with your spirit. 
For it is in Christ's Christ's name name we we pray. pray. Amen. The children would come forward for the children's moment. Good morning. How is everybody today? Good? Enjoying summer? So there is a birthday this week. Um... And they're going to be 247. Woo! I had to count it up. <laughs> the United States of America will be 247 years old. In three years, 250. Whoa. I know. <laughs> How many people can remember the bicentennial? I was a kid, but I can remember it. I thought, wow. (laughs) So 250 years. That's pretty cool, isn't it? So usually on the 4th of July, even though it's a birthday, we don't usually have, like, birthday cake and ice cream. We do cookouts, maybe go to a parade. Lots of different, maybe go swimming, have parties, and we should celebrate. But we should also remember something. This flag kind of reminds us of our freedom. And guess what? This wasn't free. A lot of people had to work and sacrifice, and some died for our freedom. Just like Jesus had to work and sacrifice and die for our freedom. So this 4th of July, I would like us all to remember our freedoms in America and our spiritual freedoms were paid for by someone else. However, I have some other things for you today. I know school's out, (laughs) but I have a pop quiz, because that's just me. You can take these back with you. You can figure out if you know the answers. By the way, the answers are on the back. But, you know, if you do it with the people in your pew, you don't have to share the answers on the back. (laughs) Or in the car on the way home. Or in the car on the way home. (laughs) Actually, some of those are harder than others. I'm sure they are. There's there's one I, I had to look up to make sure I was right. And since we don't have cake and ice cream, I thought we could have a little cake here. <laughs> it says birthday cake on it. It is birthday cake. Yeah, yeah they're birthday cake. Debbie's. Oh, 
Happy Fourth of July. I hope you have a wonderful, safe one. All right. Thank you. And if you would join with us, please, in our prayer hymn, Breathe on Me, Breath of God, uh, number 420 in your United Methodist hymnal. As we turn ourselves and our time to a time of prayer, I want to continue with this understanding of being a disciple, of being sent out, and what that means for us. As we think about all of the different ways that we serve our Lord, there are just so many things that we can do. Each and every day is a part of us, in a way, we can be in service to our Lord. Now, this Sunday in the United Methodist Church is one of those Sundays where it is the first Sunday for churches to receive new pastors all across uh, the the globe, really, uh, especially in the United States. It is one of those where I think it's worthy of us taking the time to offer up prayer for them, uh, both the pastors and the congregations as they're receiving. We had an early start on that about four months ago. Uh, as we came, Suzanne and I came on March 1st. But this is the first Sunday for lots of churches that will be receiving new pastors. Let's go before our Lord in prayer. Gracious and merciful God, we all come to you knowing that we are truly, fully dependent on you for our freedom. 
our freedom from the burden of sin and death and being distrapped to our own selves and our own ways. But in Christ, we are free. Free to serve you and to follow your will and not our own. But we do ask that you be with all of the churches that are receiving new pastors and and the pastor families who are coming into something completely new. We ask that you would give them all courage, but also a sense of what
Today's gospel reading is taken from the book of Matthew, chapter 10, verses 40 through 42. Whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. The word of God for the people of God.
When I consider uh, my childhood, I lived a, a, a pretty sheltered life growing up in a household with modest means uh, in Enon. Uh, we had what we needed, but we didn't have extra, and we didn't really venture out too far from home. We didn't take vacation except for uh, to go camping with friends nearby, close to a lake where friends of ours had a boat and we could water ski. We only went to Springfield or Dayton to either see our family or to shop for something that we really needed. All this to say that my life experience and interaction with the world was, well, limited in my early years. So when I went off to college at Ohio University in Athens, I was pretty naive. Let's just say that my eyes were open to a whole new world my freshman year. Athens may be a small town in the hills of southeast Ohio, but on campus there were people and cultures represented from across the globe. It literally was culture shock for me. But I think I was most caught off guard during spring quarter my first year at OU. One afternoon, as I approached the college green, there was a large crowd that gathered around a man with some students arguing with him while others were laughing at him. I didn't know what was going on until I, well, I joined the crowd. The man turned out to be a street evangelist. Maybe you have even heard of him. He was gone by the name of Brother Jed. His real name, I looked it up, his real name is George Edward Smock, Jr. I guess he passed away about a year ago. For a while, he based his ministry out of Newark, Ohio. Every spring, he went from campus to campus to share his message. He called his style of ministry confrontational evangelism. Yes, you heard that right. Confrontational evangelism. Some of the things that he would say to the students were awful. He called sororities as being whorehouses, accused the campus of being filled with drunkards, druggies, and fornicators, and so much more. Carrying his Bible the entire time, he was condemning the whole lot of us. He called us all to repent and to turn to Jesus. From what I remember, much of the crowd mocked him. Some stormed off upset, and others, like me, walked away in shock of what we just witnessed. Maybe you have had a similar experience with a well-intentioned evangelist that had a negative impact on you. I'm sure Brother Jed and others like him have reached a few for Jesus. However, from what I understand from Jesus' ministry... And the way that Jesus sent out his disciples, this other method was out of line with Jesus' ways. Our short gospel message today is the closing instructions to the 12 disciples that Jesus sent out uh, as his representatives. So let's turn our attention to what Jesus had to say to discover what should we present as representatives of Christ. To those we meet. Now, as Jesus sent his disciples out, he, he did not sugarcoat what they would experience. He likened them to sheep 
among the wolves. He warned them that they could be persecuted by civil and religious leaders and that many would not be ready to receive the message that they had to share. He encouraged them to to not be afraid of anyone or to be ashamed to share what Jesus had taught them. Jesus admitted that he himself is controversial and would in many ways create division and discord in relationships, even within families. Even still, Jesus sent out his disciples who were convinced that Jesus was sent by the grace of God as the Savior of the world to present the good news of the kingdom. So Jesus concluded his instructions and what what I see as four things we are to present to the people that we meet. So Jesus first said, whoever welcomes you welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Now, when I first read this passage a few weeks ago, as I was working on the worship plans for July, I kept wanting to read this as the disciples doing the welcoming. So if you noticed in the bulletin last week, my initial sermon title was Offering Hospitality. But that's not what it says. The disciples are the ones sent out. They are not inviting people into their space. The disciples need to be welcomed in by those they meet. So Jesus reminded his disciples that when they were welcomed, those who welcomed them were in fact welcoming Jesus. You see, the disciples weren't just representatives of Jesus. They were presenting Jesus to those they met. This made me think about how every time that we go out, we are representing Christ to the people of our communities through who we are in Christ. Hence the sermon title change of representing Christ. Then I thought, what can we present that that would be most like Christ? And the answer I received regarding this first verse of our passage was, we present the love of Christ. Unlike Brother Jed, who met people with condemnation, which sent people fleeing away from him, we are to lead with sincere, genuine love. Our motivation to reach others must be because we love them like Jesus. Now, loving people doesn't have to be complicated. It just has to be real. If we know what love is, then we should be able to offer it. Think about it this way. Love is an investment into others with the hope of being welcomed in. Let me say that again. Love is an investment into others with the hope of being welcomed in. It's love that opens the door. When I was running this week, I was listening to Toby Mac and his song, Show Up, Choose Love. The lyrics highlight what I'm trying to say. Now, I'm not a rapper like him, so it won't quite sound the same. It says, show up, choose love. We've come a long way. We've got a long way to go. Hey, let's do the next right thing. You know, we should leave everyone we see better than we found them. Oh, better than we found them. Better than we found them. Better. 
Let's love people well. His love never fails. Oh, better. We've got to keep on finding ways to show up. Yeah, we've got to choose love. Now, recently at our ad board meeting, we started the discussion of how we can consistently love people in our community to build a relationship with them to be welcomed in. I encourage us all to be thinking about ways for us to genuinely connect with the general population of our communities. Where are the people gathering? What are the people's interests? Can we create something that would impact the community in a positive way that shows that we truly love them? Please share your ideas with me or other leaders in the church because I am convinced that something will resonate with us so that we can show up, choose love, and leave people better than we found them. The next instruction from Jesus was this. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. Now, a prophet is someone who speaks for God. Jesus presented himself as a prophet, as one who was sent by God to share the good news of the kingdom of God. Now, we know Jesus is God, and he sent us on his behalf. So in a manner of speaking, we are all prophets. We present the message of Christ. If we claim we are Christians, then we all have a message of Christ to share. Now, we know Jesus' story. Even if it is just the basic bullet points, we know his story. And we all have our own faith story of how we come to know Jesus' story and Jesus himself. Peter encouraged the early church saying this. He said, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Remember, we are sharing the message of Christ as an extension of the love that we are showing those we meet who have welcomed us in. This is not the street evangelist style prophesying like Brother Jed This is genuine conversation with someone, presenting Christ to them, just like we would sharing with them about our best friend. So Jesus continued, directing his disciples, saying, And whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. So because we know Jesus and have already welcomed Jesus in, we are reconciled made right with God by Jesus' righteousness. Now Jesus sends out his disciples, who are righteous through him, to be welcomed in by the people we meet on his behalf. When we go, we present the righteousness of Christ. To be welcomed in as a righteous person, we must in some way demonstrate with authenticity Christ's righteousness. This is where we turn to the Gospels to follow Jesus' example. Jesus had this way of finding people, finding people who were separated from God's faith community for various reasons. 
For some, it was demon possession. Others, it was disease. For some, it was status. And still others, it was for violations of the law as interpreted by the religious leaders. Jesus was often condemned for being in the company of tax collectors, lepers, and sinners. Why was he with them? He was seeking justice and offering mercy. And Jesus instructed his disciples as they were going, As you go, proclaim the good news. The kingdom of God is near. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without payment. Give without payment. In other words, be prophets and righteous persons seeking justice and mercy for all who are separated from the community of faith. The religious leaders of the day were keeping people from being in community for fear of breaking the law. But they weren't doing anything to help people to be restored and reconciled. They were just being discarded. Jesus came so that we all could be reconciled and made right with God to be in full communion with the Lord. Jesus is the only one who makes us right. And we are to present Jesus' righteousness by searching out those who have been separated from the church today for various reasons. Now, we may not know all the reasons, but we can meet people where they are. We can be welcomed in and listen to their story of why they feel separated from God and from the church. And remember, if they welcome us, they just might welcome Jesus, who heals, reconciles, and restores. So finally, Jesus guided his disciples, saying, And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. We have to read this carefully to see what Jesus is asking of his disciples. Jesus compares his disciples to being little ones who are welcomed in with a cold cup of water. Jesus was intentional to differentiate his disciples from the prominent religious leaders who presented themselves in an air of arrogance and entitlement. As disciples, we are not presenting any air about ourselves. We are representing Christ to those we meet. We present the significance of Christ. The way we present ourselves must in no way hinder who we are presenting. So how how do we do this? Well, we do this just as Jesus did when he was sent by his father. Paul captured uh, this in his letter to the Philippians as he encouraged them to imitate Christ, writing this. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interest of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave. Being born in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, 
even death on a cross. The only thing that should stand out to those we meet is our humility and the likeness of Christ. Trust me when I say Jesus' significance is on display in his disciples' humbleness. This is true because without Jesus transforming our lives, we naturally pursue our own significance. So friends, even if everyone we meet isn't ready to receive the good news of Jesus Christ, we are sent out to meet them. We represent Jesus. As we go, we must keep in mind that we are representing Christ to the world. Jesus loves everyone and we are sent to reach all who will welcome us in. However, to be welcomed in, we must present to those that we meet genuine love of Christ. His saving message, his righteousness through demonstrations of justice and mercy And ultimately present Jesus' significance as Lord and Savior through our authentic, humble witness. Why do we go? Because those who welcome us welcome Jesus. And all who welcome Jesus will receive their reward. Jesus' righteousness forever reconciled with the one true God. Amen. Amen. My microphone microphone went out as I was praying earlier today. You may have noticed that. So I will be utilizing this for now. As we come to the Lord's table, we are seeking to be in God's presence. If we're going to be representing Christ, we need to be more present with Christ in order to share Christ with others. So as we come to the table today, let's take just a moment to center ourselves on being in Christ's presence. Have a moment of silence. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. This proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. This morning, you will notice there will not be any liturgy for us to be sharing today. I'm sharing from my heart today. We are here to be in the presence of Christ. In order to come to be within the presence of Christ, we, we have to recognize where we are. 
where we have been and where Christ is leading us. We have to have a heart of gratitude, one that is truly genuine, one that recognizes all that God has done from the beginning of Genesis and all the way through to the future that we read in Revelation with expectations. When we think about the past, we have to recognize that Jesus walked with all of humanity through all of who we are, all of our brokenness, recognizing our need for a Savior. From the time that we left the Garden of Eden, God was pursuing us. This should draw from us a sense of gratitude, taking us to recognize our own need for God. God did not give up on us as he was watching all that went on through the beginning until Jesus came. Jesus came for a purpose. It is recognized in his birth that he came for the purpose of saving his people from his sins. It is in that that we recognize how Jesus was with us. Emmanuel, we say, God with us. We should be grateful. God loved us enough to be one of us, to recognize and walk with us, and to bring us closer and closer with him. It's in this meal that we have real presence with Christ, as if we were walking with him today. We can walk with him today. We also should be grateful for what is to come. We understand that we have freedom from sin and death, that we will one day be raised to be with God forever. These are all things to be grateful for. And as we come and we recognize Jesus and he was the one who walked with us. And he walked with people just like you and me. And on that last day before he was betrayed, he, he gathered them into a room to share this whole story with him. Saying, I have always been with you from the beginning. I'm here with you now. And I'll be here as he was at that table with them, they had been gathering with a meal that they had done for, for a long time, recognizing their freedom from Egypt, their freedom from slavery. And he said, this meal is special, but there's one even more special that I'm presenting to you tonight and that we share in today. On that night, he took bread. He said, this, this is my body. It's been given for you. Every time that you gather around this table, do this in remembrance of me. After the supper, he took the cup. He said, this is my blood poured out for you as a new covenant. It's poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. A remembrance that is one that brings things active in our lives today. Not just thinking about what God has done, but joining Jesus around the table. So Lord, we ask that you would be with us this day. That you would be with us gathered. That you would bless this bread and this cup. Make it be the body and blood of Christ. So that we may be the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. But we ask that you be with us. Make us one with you and one with each other. So that we can be one in ministry to all the world. Truly the world will be transformed through your love. 
that is represented through us to the world. May we be the light that would draw people in to want to be at your table now and forever. Amen. Today we will be receiving the elements in the pews. So the ushers will come forward and they will pass to everyone. We will take the bread together and then we will pass the cup and then we'll take the cup together. This is the body of Christ, which is beginning for you. It is a sacrifice that has welcomed us in to be one with him. Take meat.
This is the blood of Christ. It is the covenant that has been made by God. It is a covenant that God will always be faithful to. The question for us is, will we be faithful disciples? Take and drink. Let us pray. Almighty God, we are grateful. We are grateful that you have created this meal for us to experience your presence in a real way. May we take what we have received today and be something that we nurture so that we truly can represent you to the world around us. And if you would please stand for our closing hymn, Take My Life and Let It Be, number 399 in your United Methodist hymnal.
world, what we are confessing to our Lord. Take my will, take my heart, and all the powers that you shall have. Choose what you would to do with me. Be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Go and name him. Father, Son, 